0: We want to welcome those by way of television to all of United Methodist Church. We thank you for your prayers and support. We may be small in numbers, but we're great in quality. And we're one of the very few churches that has a Sunday School class. And it's an excellent Sunday School class. I attend it, my wife and myself, each and every Sunday try to make it into church every day, every day, and during the summer and spring, my wife would drop me off, but the school, local school, and I I run and walk to church, and as I run and walk, I pray for a number of the homes here. I've been able to meet a lot of people in the, in, uh, the mornings. I do believe that we need to pray one for another. Today we're celebrating Communion. And if at any time you would like to have Communion served in your homes, I I will be going immediately following and and administering and giving some Communion. We observe, uh, we have the Communion elements in kind of a double bag, double bag, and leavened bread is without yeast, and it's enclosed in a small container with grape juice. As I mentioned before, camera today, that what we'll be doing is, if anybody wants to come to the altar and partake, they can spend as much time at the altar as they'd like. They can either stand or they can kneel, or if you prefer to take the cup and leave. These were actually established many years ago, military settings. With that, again, we thank you for viewing by way of television, realize that many of you are unable to get out, and this is your only opportunity to be able to worship. And I just got a call, or spoke this past week, to Kathy Krause, and they, um, they wanted to um, me to greet one another and also Elsie Boquist. Elsie Boquist um, was trying to see my granddaughter, Elsie Durand, and each time our daughter Joy, who works at, uh, um, as a physician at St. Luke's, they could not correspond their time. So they, they have a plane and they flew to International Falls and Elsie and, and and our daughter Elsie and Elsie Boquist spent a considerable amount of time together. And Elsie sends her greetings and she's a, a financial supporter of this church and she has financially supported us for almost like, are the churches I've served for nearly 40 years, so they send their greeting stool. Good to have um, Margie with us. I believe at this point we're ready to turn to our opening hymn, Come Christians, join to sing Purple Hymnals, number 158. Would you stand with me as we turn to our opening hymn of preparation for communion today? Come Christians, join to sing Purple, number 158, please. Thank you all. Thank Before you sit down, I'd like you to turn and look at the camera, uh, over to the camera, and s- say happy birthday, James Mayer. Happy birthday there, Jim. He's a regular watcher, and we want to really observe. He was a usher and a trustee in our church, and is at, um, at Copperfield, and they regularly watch, and we wish Jim a uh, blessed birthday, and the number... There's something about that name, purple number 171, as we dedicate to the honor of the birthday of James Mayer. Jesus for that wonderful number and all the talented artists that produce such wonderful hymns. As we go to the Lord in prayer, Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege and the opportunity to minister to those by way of television and and radio. We remember the multitudes out there that are unable to worship. We pray for our worship today that may nothing pass our lips may our lives be real our hearts pure or our spirits right may all that is unseemly be eliminated from our lives may our heart stones to centers of wholesome influence may god be a partner in all of our business and our conversations may our social life be elevating our church life as we come saints Grant us our prayer, O God, you are the sanctifier in Jesus' name. You're the one that prepares us for Holy Communion today as we participate in the body and blood of Christ. For we do come in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, those in heaven. We are thy children, redeemed by Christ our Savior, and, and we come to thee in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Forgive our sins, deliver us from all the guilt and power of sin and from its consequences. Take the love of it out of our hearts, make our love of thee glow. Let it burn out all the dross of evil and impel us certainly to, to the gracious acts of kindly ministry done to others in the name of our Master and for his sake. Give us a very clear vision of our Ever-present Savior, as an abiding friend, grant that we may be transformed by thus beholding Jesus, growing daily more and more like Jesus in in the desires of our hearts, the words of our lips and the things we do and, and refrain from doing. Bless with us all others supplying their every need as we remember those by radio and television, those in need of healing and of mind and body, soul, and spirit, and give them the grace and the guidance. Make the gospel light shine out brightly in all lands, bringing peace and spiritual prosperity and and drawing all to Christ. And together in the bands of Christian unity and, and holiness, we ask all this as we pray for grateful hearts in the name of him who died on Calvary and taught us all to pray, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, um, we'll turn to our scripture lesson. If you desire to follow along with us, it's always a, a blessing to see Bibles opened and turning to the scripture. And by way of television and radio, I think that there's an added blessing as we read and hear God's word and I don't believe Mike is here or maybe does not plan on coming. I don't know if there's some... Okay, is there somebody else that would like to um, share? Okay. Are you sure you're not too bashful, Robin? Okay. Why don't you come, come up here and get ready then to share and moments with the laity is always a time of kind of an open mic and we never really coordinate our our thoughts And, and normally it's kind of along the lines of our scripture and so turn with me in your bibles to luke chapter 11 verses 14 through 20. dr luke gives us some real guidance on on practical things and in luke gospel 11th chapter Verses fourteen through twenty he talks about some very interesting phenomenal things that that go on in a Christian's life. Reading from God's word according to Luke chapter eleven, verses fourteen through twenty. This portion of scripture is also repeated in Luke chapter or Matthew chapter twelve and Luke chapter three. Now when he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the one who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, he casts out this Jesus, this Jesus casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, to test Jesus, kept demanding from Jesus a sign from heaven. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And Jesus said to them, every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert and house falls on house if satan also is divided against himself how will his kingdom stand for you say that i cast out the demons by beelzebub now if i cast out the demons by beelzebub by whom do your exorcists cast them out Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God say it with me the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word, Rabbit.
1: Yep. What what the Lord is showing here is that we're supposed to cast out demons, we're supposed to not bow down and I'll tell you the house abide by itself. That speaks huge volumes, and I'll say this, especially for our country. We're supposed to be the United States. Take a look around you, we're the divided. And guess what? Because we're divided, if we don't wake up, we will crash. And that was basically shown to me in this. Another thing too has been shown to me is sin. We're not, we're being soft. We're not, we're not standing up like we should. And the Lord keeps showing me this is that we need to be that light. We need to be the church and go out there like they did in the first century and do things in His Word. And sadly, we're not. And with everything going on, I'll tell you households are divided because of this stuff. Friendships that have been gone, that have been 20, 30, 40 years, are no longer because of division. I mean, You think it's, I mean, it's pretty sad that we're letting a quote-unquote virus with a 98.92765% survival rate divide us and break up our families and break up our homes, break up our employment. You're putting the us versus them. I mean, the sad thing is, is we're back in 1942. And that's what I'm getting from this verse is basically that thing. And the fact that we're so divided, how are, we gonna, how are we gonna prevail? Because this country, the world watches the United States. And right now, we're not doing so good. We're not doing so good on a Christian level. I'm sorry to say that. We're not doing good on a world level. We are right now the laughing stock. And we are not only the laughing stock, we're the divided stock. So every household, if you're so divided, why are you, what is, what is wrong with you? If people say family is thicker than blood, then why, why are families breaking apart from all this division? Why aren't people standing up and saying, I'm not gonna let this, I'm not gonna let things get in the way of my family? And that's basically what's going on, is if we keep being this divided, we are gonna crash. Thank you.
0: Amen, thank you, Robin. That was just a real excellent meditation. I, th- I believe that really came from the heart of There. There's two words that um, really stand out in the scripture. You know, the casting out of demons and the spirits of dumbness and spirit muteness, and that can be transformed into our society currently today. As Robin shared that, you know, people aren't standing up for what's right, what's biblical. The culture is taking control of, of the church rather than the church transforming the culture. We're being led more by worldviews than by Christian views. And the dumbness that I see and the muteness that I see going on is that people are becoming mute in, in telling and celebrating the righteous thing. As the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but Sin is a reproach and wickedness is, is destructive. We're becoming dumb and mute. Dumb is, we're just listening to that, that fake news on televisions, we're, we're being transformed by individuals that have really no interest in church, no interest in Christianity. Very few commentators and anchors have any religious affiliation. In fact, they're very antagonistic to Christianity because it's just totally anathema to them. They're so far away from what what God, God is. They try to take God off the throne. The uh, connection between these verses and those which immediately precede these verses, as we've dealt with in scripture for the last number of Sundays is, it's very striking. And it's, it's very instructive to the times in, that we are going through. It's almost like a, a steamroller effect when you try to view the last few months and the things that have been overturned and the things that have been destroyed by so-called um, the death culture rather than life culture. I'm a person that's pro-life and pro-Christianity, pro-family, pro-home, pro-religion. And we see this death culture that's being imposed upon us. In the preceding verses, our Lord Jesus Christ had been showing the p- power and the importance of prayer, and we've, we've dealt with prayer. I've been led to deal with prayer in the last few um, weeks, and we've been dealing with it in Sunday school. And in these verses before us, Jesus delivers a person from a dumb, a dumb devil, a dumb devil. And this miracle is evidently intended to throw fresh light on the lesson. The same Savior who encourages us to pray, pray in the name of Jesus and and share in the name of Jesus, is a savior who destroys Satan's power over our members and restores our tongues, restores our tongues to proper use. The Bible reminds us in the book of James, and James is a brother of Jesus, that whosoever is unable to bridle at their tongue or control their tongue, their religion is in vain. Let us notice firstly in these verses the, the variety of ways the varieties of ways in which Satan exhibits his desire to injure us and injure others. We can see it in the political realm, the divisions that occur and sociologists and psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors. They're in agreement and consensus that what has been occurring the last few months is, is almost outside of a miracle we're going down a, a tunnel, a, a cispool of no return. We read in the scripture here of a dumb, a dumb devil. Sometimes in the gospel, we're told of an unclean, an unclean devil. Sometimes we're told of a raging and a, and a violent devil. And here, we are told of one under the influence, the unhappy person possessed by him, who became dumb? Many are the devices of Satan. It's, it's foolish to suppose that Satan always works in the, the same manner. One thing only is a common mark of all his operations: that the devil desires to inflict injury and, and do harm. There is something very instructive in the case before us in the Scripture. Do we suppose? Do we suppose because bodily possession by Satan is not so glaringly, glaringly manifest as it once was that this great enemy is less active in doing vindictive and mischievous than he used to be? If we think so, I believe that we have much to learn. Do we suppose that there is no such thing as the influence of a dumb Devil in the present day? If we do, we had better think again. What shall we say of those who never speak? Those who never speak to God? What can we say about that Satan has despoiled them of the truest use of the tongue to speak and to praise God in worship and in sharing? What ought we to say? But that they are possessed possessed with a, a dumb devil the god that wants us to praise him and the ruler of this world the ruler of this world satan the fallen angels wants us to dumb down on god to be silent about sharing our faith and be dumb about things of of the spiritual nature what shall we say in a word of those who can speak to everyone. They can speak to everyone, but they have a hard time speaking to God and conversing with God and sharing their needs with God, who never did employ that organ, which is man's glory, the tongue, in the service of him who made it. What shall we say in a word of those who can speak to everyone? Speak to everyone but God. What can we say but that Satan has despoiled them In the truest use of the tongue, what ought you and I to say but that they are possessed with a dumb spirit? The prayerless, the prayerless person by way of television or radio or the person in the congregations of our church that utter little to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit during the week, they seldom reach out to God in prayer and in praise. What ought we to say but that they are possessed with a dumb spirit? The prayerless person is, is dead while they live. And I've oftentimes been quoted on the fact that there's a lot of dead Christians running around. They're really dead in speech to, to God and, and worship, and they're dead, but... They're buried many, many, many years later. The members are rebels against the God who made them. The dumb spirit, the dumb spirit is not yet extinct. Let us watch and pray that we may never be given over to this influence of the dumb spirit to speak out for Christ and and spiritual things. Be dumb, be speechless. To glorify God and to praise God but thanks be to God that same Jesus still is who can make the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak we should readily pray that God would take the deafness of of our spiritual nature away and replace our listening to God if we're going to be deaf we should be Deaf to the things of the world and the culture in which we live in, we should pray that God would loosen our tongues to speak, not to be dumb. To him, let us flee for help. Let us flee to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the presence of the Holy, let us abide. It's not, a, it's not enough to avoid open cursing and profanity and to keep clear of glaring glaring sins it's not enough to be moral and and proper and respectable in our lives all this is negative goodness and nothing more is there anything positive we need to ask is there anything truly positive about our, our our religion and positive about our christianity and the display of who we are and who we want to truly be do we yield our members as instruments of righteousness to god according to romans chapter 6:13 having eyes having eyes do we see god's kingdom having ears do we hear christ's voice are we mute are we dumb and deaf having a tongue do we use it for god's praise there are these, are, these are very serious inquiries that you and I need to inquire amongst ourselves. And the number of persons who are deaf and dumb before God is far greater than, than many suppose. Let us notice secondly in these verses the amazing power of prejudice. The amazing power of prejudice over over the hearts of unconverted people. We read that that when our Lord cast out the dumb spirit, there were some who said, "This Jesus, he casteth out devils through Beelzebub, Be- 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 the chief of of the devils." They they could not deny that miracle. They could not deny the miracle that occurred. They then refused to allow that it was wrought by a divine power, it was this carpenter, Jesus. The work before their eyes was very plain and the work was very indisputable. They then attempted to discredit the very character of Jesus who did it and to blacken Jesus' reputation by saying that he was in the league. He was in the league with the devils. You and I, we may be criticized and put in a similar category of being Jesus freaks, and I grew up, when I changed my major from pre-medicine to pre-ministry, I was considered a Jesus freak, and and in the late 60s and early 70s, it became a a real unique name, and we didn't necessarily consider it a critical name, Methodists in the early beginning were, were called Bible moths because they studied the Bible so frequently, Methodists. And then the critical word was that they, they're so methodical, they're, we're going to call them Methodists. And it was a critical word, but then it held because of the transformation in so many people. Peoples that were alcoholic and druggies and the the Dark Ages became a part of the New Enlightenment and they became the, the saloons and the, the bars were emptied and John and Charles Wesley and the early evangelists went and conducted services in the, the mines and on the fields and converted many, changed the speech and changed the hearing of many of those the state of mind that here described is a, is a most formidable disease and, and, are, are, and one is unhappily not uncommon, being able to hear the voice of God and being unable to speak the words of God. There are, there are never wanting persons who are determined to see, see no good in the servants of Christ and, and to believe all manner of evil about them. So much of the fake news, they wanna follow the evangelists and the the ministers and try to find some critical comments about like Billy Graham and his legacy or Franklin Graham, Christian ministers. And sometimes they dig some, maybe not so flattering comments. Why don't they look at their their own lives and look at the lives of, of the announcers and the anchors and livelihood they they live and proponents of. Such appear to throw aside their own sense of common sense. They refuse to listen to evidence or to uh, attend to any plain arguments. We look at our faltering economy and how we're viewed in the eyes of others and the disdain that we're looked upon being military-minded. Even before I went into the military, I honored and I respected the military. And I wonder sometimes what they're listening to now. They seem resolved to believe that whatever a Christian does must be wrong and whatever they say must be false. And I'm surprised by some recruiters right now as they're recruiting certain members for the military. And it seems like if you say you're standing for Christ and you're a Christian, that's that's a negative. It used to be that only one out of a, probably a thousand individuals, one out of a thousand could enter the, the ministry or the ministry or the military, because they they lack the physical abilities or the spiritual abilities. They seemed resolved to believe that whatever a Christian does might be and whatever they say must be false. If one does right, if one does right at any time, it must be from almost a corrupt motive. Speaking the truth, it must be with sinister views. The three characteristics of the military was always a sense of integrity first, service before self, And excellence in all things, and it was adapted from Christian positions that integrity was always to be first and foremost, service before self, and then excellence in all things. If one does good works, it's almost from maybe interested reasons. If one casts out devils, it's through Beelzebub. Such prejudiced people are to be found in in many congregations. They are, are the sorest trials of many of the Christians and ministers of Christ. No wonder that St. Paul said in Second Thessalonians chapter two, two, pray that we may be delivered from unreasonable as well as wicked, wicked persons. Let us all strive to be fair and honest and candid in spirit and our judgment of others and cherished opinions let us be ready to give up old, old, and maybe cherished opi- opinions the moment that any one of them can show us, show you and I a more excellent way. In Luke chapter 8:15, it says the honest and good heart is a great treasure. To have an honest and good heart is a treasure. A prejudiced spirit is the the very jaundice, jaundice of the soul. It it affects a person's mental eyesight and makes one see everything in an unnatural, unholy color. From such a spirit may we pray to be delivered. Let us notice lastly in these verses as we prepare for Holy Communion, let us lastly in these verses the great evil of religious, of religious divisions. This is a truth which our Lord impresses on us in the answer he gives to his prejudiced, prejudiced enemies. He shows a folly of their charge that, that he casts out dev, devils by Beelzebub. He quotes the proverb, pro, proverb in Provibio saying that, that a house that's divided against itself will fall. He infers the absurdity of the idea that Satan would cast out Satan or the devil cast out his own agents. And in so doing, he teaches, he teaches Christians a lesson which they have been mournfully slow to learn in every age of the church. And that lesson is that sin and folly of of needless, needless divisions. Religious divisions of, of some kind, there must always be as long as false doctrine prevails and people will cleave to their preconceived ideas. But what communion can there be between light and, and darkness? How can two walk together except they be ag- in agreement? What unity can there be where there is not the unity of the spirit? Divisions and separations from those who adhere to false and unscriptural doctrines is our duty and, and not a sin. But there are divisions of a very different kind which are deeply to be deplored, and you'll be hearing about that in a couple weeks, which is a division that the Methodist Church is going to be going through. Such, for example, are divisions between People who agree on main points, divisions about matters not needful and necessary for salvation, divisions about forms and ceremonies and ecclesiastical arrangements upon which Scripture is silent. Billy Graham was often known to say that he didn't want to deal with anything that was extra biblical because he had a hard time dealing with all those biblical things. Divisions of this kind are to be avoided and discouraged by all faithful Christians, and the existence of them is a melancholy proof of the fallen state, nature and state of humans and the corruption of their understanding as well as their will. They bring scandal on religion, and they bring weakness in the church. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And what are the best remedies against needless, needless divisions. It's a humble spirit. Pray for a humble spirit, a, a readiness to make concessions and an enlightened acquaintance with the Holy Scripture. We, we must learn to distinguish between things in religion which are essential and things which are not essential, things which are needful to salvation, things which are not needful, things which are of first-rate importance and things which are of second-rate importance. And on the one class of things we must be stiff and we must be unbending as an oak tree. For if anyone preach any other gospel than that which Jesus preached, let them be accursed, according to Galatians chapter 1, 8. But on on the other we may be yielding and compliant as a willow. I am made all things to all, That I might be all to some, to save some, to become a stumbling block. To draw such nice distinctions requires no small practical wisdom, but such wisdom is to be had for the asking. For if anyone, if anyone lack wisdom, let them ask of God, according to James chapter 1:5. Ask of God wisdom. Ask of God true discernment. And when Christians keep up when Christians keep up needless divisions, they show themselves more foolish than than Satan himself. Father, this morning with every head bowed and Christians in prayer, there are many dumb and mute spirits running around the world today. They want to be mute. They don't want to hear of the things of God and they They want to be dumb in in speaking, using their tongues, the organ of the tongue, to praise and glorify thee. With their head bowed and every eye closed and those in prayer by way of television, radio, and other means of communication, would you pray with me as we prepare for Holy Communion? Dear Jesus, help me use my tongue to praise you Help me to use my ears to hear your still, small voice. Forgive me, O Lord, when I fail you. Come into my heart and life. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. How would the finger of God look upon you? We've learned in the scripture, in the um, 20th verse, but if I... Jesus said, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Let us turn in our our hymnals to the United Methodist um, preparation for the Lord's Supper, pages 9 through 11. Would you turn with me, please? And again, if there are those by way of television or radio that would like to be served in their homes, do please call the church office and let us know. We'll make that possible pages 9 through 11 the lord be with you lift up your hearts let us give thanks to the lord our god it is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you father almighty creator of heaven and earth you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life when we turned away and our love failed your love remained steadfast You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to anoint and announce that the time had come when you would save your people. Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from the slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to God, and broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Before you now is the communion elements, and because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf, the bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. In the cup over which we give thanks is the sharing in the body and the blood of Christ. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ given for you. Come now and spend as much time as you'd like either at the altar and grab a little container and the first tab is a clear tab. You take that and then you get to the unleavened bread. And then after you've taken part of the unleavened bread you may take of the um, the cup so come now as you would and gather at the altar you may want to kneel or you may choose to stand whatever is more comfortable grab the first one and it's just a little transparent covering of the bread. Take as much time as you want. If you would like to be served in the pew, I can serve it back there too. And notice there's 11 11 bread. You you put that in your mouth. Then there's a second cellophane as you open for them, be careful so you don't spill on your clothing, his body which is broken for you, his blood which is shed for you, take and partake of his body and his blood. Jesus reminded his disciples that while we're in the flesh and the body, we... Satan can attack us because he's a, a fallen angel. Father, give us wisdom in the days that we live, that we may truly walk in the spirit rather than walking in the flesh. O God, do give us clean hands and clean words and clean thoughts and deeds. Help us to stand for the hard right against the easy wrong. Save us from habits that harm. Teach us to work as hard and play as fair and thy sight alone as all words are. Mighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, with whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts now as we arise, as we arise and go forth in the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Are there any that would like to be served in the pews? Has everybody been served in the pews? And if you're following us by way of television, if you would like to be served in homes, do let us, church office, know, and I will be going um, directly immediately after the service to administer communion. Let us now turn to our our closing prayer printed in on page 11 there. Praise um, page 11, the word and the table service on page 11 there. Before we turn to our offertory prayer, would you join me on page 11 with a prayer? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world In the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of jesus christ our lord amen and then let us turn to our offertory prayer as the ushers circulate the offering plate and if you'd be so kind to pray with me this prayer put it placed in the bulletin god of the beginning god of now and god of what will be in your claiming us as your own You've given us the most gracious and powerful invitation to pray to lift all that weighs on our hearts with the confidence that you will hear. As we offer gifts to you this morning, we pray that you will dedicate them so that they will bring love, compassion, joy, and mercy to people who are in need. Then remind us that we are not done until we have offered to you the prayers of our hearts in the name of jesus our rock and our redeemer amen let us turn to our offertory hymn as yeah. I ushers circulate the offering plates let us break bread together purple number 618 618 please Would you please stand with me for the doxology, please? God and Father and Holy Spirit grant us the grace to be extravagant in the gifts we give to you in the things that we say and things that we hear from you. Help us to be wise and just in how we live with the resources that we keep. Guide us in the way to lives that bear the fruit that is pleasing to you. Lives full of mercy and compassion. Free us from envy and selfish ambition and it leads us away from you that we might draw near to you. We pray in the love and the hope that is in Jesus our Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend.